one size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Support WrestleTalk! Give us a subscribe. Welcome to another episode of the Wrestle Talk podcast. I am. Oh God! Uh, <laughs> what are you, Pete? Good... I'm. What I'm are you? Gassy is what I am. Hot damn! Uh, I'm Chopper Pete Quinella. You're Jam that champion. And now is apparently the best time for my body to decide it needed to start burping. I'm joined as always by my intangible co-host Tempest the Wrestler. Hi, Tempest. I'm Tempest. That's that's me. Oh boy, I'm I make great audio content. That's what I do. How are you doing today, Tempest? Uh, I'm doing quite well today. It is the birthday of Eddie Guerrero today, and also my mom. Oh. I like how what are you listed those? <laughs> of course, <laughs> where your priorities lie. Of course, of course, of course. So today should be a a nice day. We're gonna mm-hmm. go out to a nice restaurant later today, and that'll be quite swell. I think it's like the first time that my mom has been to a restaurant in like a year and a half, perhaps nice. more. So yeah. it will be it'll be well deserved. It'll be well deserved. But yes, positivity today. And also, as I said off air, I get a week off after this, so mm-hmm. it's like it's like the last twenty minutes of school before summer vacation. Mm. You know, you're just yeah, kind of yeah, like, yeah. I'm ready to go. Nothing in these last twenty minutes is gonna bother me. Yeah, no, that's totally fair. See, I've got two weeks off, not starting next week, but the week after that. So I've got one more week after this week, and then I got two weeks off back to back, and I'm very excited about it. Because I'm going to sleep. It's going to be great. Uh, although, pretty much immediately after I'm done. So I'll be done, obviously, on the, the next Saturday. Not next Saturday. Saturday after. God, no, next Saturday. What is my... What is time? My days and time has been completely out of whack, basically since we've gone back to the office in August. Like, I, I don't know what days are anymore. Um, So I'll be done, like, next Saturday. 
after the SmackDown and every and the the Rampage podcast. This podcast, after we've done that, I'll be done. And then I'm gonna go to my parents' house on like the Sunday night, I think. So I'm gonna get like one night of sleeping at home, and then I have to go sleep on a sofa for like three, four days. So that's gonna be great sleep. Uh and then coming back here, I think I've got one more night. Nope. Like two nights i think back in my flat so maybe i can get some good sleep then but i'm also sleeping on my floor right now because there's the wet patches above my bed because of a leaky roof so i've had to move my mattress onto the floor in case that comes through the ceiling in the night and comes onto me which isn't great so i've been sleeping on the floor for a bit which is less than ideal so i might get good sleep i might not and then i'm out for a few days and then I'm back for a few days, and then I'm going down to Brighton for a few days, so I'll be sleeping in another bed, so I probably probably won't like that. So I don't know if I'm actually going to get much sleep in my two weeks Goodness off. Goodness me. <laughs> I, my, my week off is going to be decidedly less eventful than that. Mm. I might go golfing one day. <laughs> oh! That's about it. I, yeah. uh, it all depends on the weather, because the weather has decided to absolutely fall apart just as I need it to be nice and clear. Of course, yeah. Which is my luck, unfortunately, because I'd like to get in one more day of golfing before it gets too cold, but mm-hmm. we'll see. It's always the way, unfortunately. Um, but yeah, is there literally no other plans except, yeah, and I, I, I thought about the way as soon as I said that. Um, do you have any other plans other than maybe golfing for one day? Uh, not particularly. I'm going to celebrate my own birthday as well, mm-hmm. but... Yeah. That's about it. We got Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving's tomorrow because we're Canadians and we do things in the oh, proper yeah. order. I was going to say, I didn't know exactly when it was. I knew it was in October sometime, but I didn't know exactly when. Yeah. Yep. Yep. We do it. We do it proper because Thanksgiving yeah. comes before Halloween because dinner comes before dessert. Not like you foolish oh, Americans. That's good. That's a good reasoning. I like that. Yeah. 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 That it, means I need, I, need to, I need to remember to hit up my brother tomorrow because canadian family who did uh, he, mm-hmm. he has married a canadian and lives in canada so yeah lots of canadian Good family lad. doing big thanksgiving thing did you know actually he he uh proposed to his now wife at thanksgiving yeah, in, in canada about that. which is pretty cool and uh, went around the table to say what they were thankful for and he specifically requested the host he was like can i go last and they're like okay so he went last and he said this thing and then proposed afterwards which was really cool so How lovely yeah. That is genuinely very sweet. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. Um, So I guess they'll be probably celebrating that alongside the Thanksgiving. I guess that just makes it extra special for them. I don't know. Indeed. I I don't know their lives. Uh, Anyway, (laughs) uh, let's um, let's, uh, get into talking about SmackDown and Rampage, shall we? Uh, And uh, we'll get into some more stuff in that outro here. Uh, But for now, let's talk about SmackDown, which started the historic first time ever queen's crown tournament and it started off in maybe the worst way they possibly could let's talk about it oh boy it's the queen's crown tournament and the king of the ring in fairness, the King of the Ring also started on this episode of SmackDown, but it's the Queen's Crown tournament we're going to be talking about first because, hot damn, they could not have booked this tournament worse. 
<laughs> if they tried, they couldn't have booked it worse. I mean, they probably could actually. Let's not be hyperbolic here. But this was real bad. Let's talk about it. Welcome to the Rust Talk Podcast review of SmackDown and Rampage, which we'll get onto in a little bit. I am Joe Peekman, your Jam That Champion. I'm joined by my intangible co-host, Tempest the Wrestler. Get in your ultra chats to wrestletalk.com forward slash support with your opinions of this SmackDown and Rampage, because we'll talk about be talking about both on this show. Queen's Crown. Gripe number one. Why is it not called Queen of the Ring? Come just come on. <laughs> I know that's old news now, but come on now. It's not that hard. Okay. So we had two Queen's Crown tournament matches on this episode of SmackDown. Uh, two first round matches, one being Liv Morgan versus Carmella. Again. Uh, which, you know, is fine if they want to continue that feud for whatever reason. Sure. Not fine. It's not it's fine. fine. It, no, Tempest, it's, it's fine if Liv Morgan wins, because at least that's Still consistent. Not fine. It's not fine. But at least it's consistent. If Liv Morgan wins, she's beaten her on pay-per-view, she's beaten her on SmackDown. Yay. Okay, great, fine, whatever. We should consistently beat, so that's fine. We also had Tony Storm versus Zelina Vega. Great. A great chance for Tony Storm to get a win. Granted, it's a win against someone who doesn't have any wins. But Tony Storm can get a win. That's good. And then you can have the semi-final match of Tony Storm versus Liv Morgan, which, you know, would actually be quite interesting because Liv Morgan's been protected quite a lot lately. Tony Storm, fresh new face coming into the division. That's something new. That's something exciting. That sounds like a good idea. I've got a counter argument. How about you have Zelina Vega win clean in two minutes and then you have Carmella beat Liv Morgan in one minute? Show sucks. <laughs> like... <laughs> I gotta say, I gotta say, because I'm I'm going to be happy Tempest on this show. And I'm glad that we are able to get this chunk of the show out of the way at the beginning. Because I do plan on being quite positive. There were things on this show that I absolutely adored, which we will get to. This I watched this show with like at least one friend, I believe. I'm not sure when the other one showed up, but I was watching this with company and the the second that Zelina Vega pinned Tony Storm, I like stopped mid sentence and just went, "What? Inconceivable! You cannot possibly have done a worse job of this." You said, "Oh, they 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 could have done it." I don't know how. I don't know how you could have done a worse job than introducing some. Ass backwards 80s character for Tony Storm, who was born in 1995. <laughs> born in 95, but she's the spirit of the 80s. This wild child, Madonna loving 80s child that is Tony Storm. And have her go out and lose to the absolute bottom tier of the WWE women's roster, not in terms of talent, just in terms of Zelina Vega got what one win since she's come back, perhaps with, it, with a distraction. That was with a distraction. This was her first clean win since she's come back one win. And you decide now 
is the time to have her go over clean. When you are showcasing Tony Storm with a new gimmick, you could not have done a worse job of this. I cannot think of a way to have done this worse. You want to push this Queen of the Ring, Queen's Crown Tournament? How about you give them some time? Like you gave to the men on this show. Look what happens when you give Cesaro and Finn Balor some time. You get a really good match. How about you do the same thing, but with the women, so that you have people be given a reason to look forward to this bloody tournament? Yeah. Jesus. This this failed on so many levels, because it introduced a new character for Tony Storm, which sucks, by the way. Um, because her and Zelina Vega both had pre-recorded promos before their match. Both of them were awful. Like it, it's ex- like you know when people say, "Oh my god, WWE scripted promos are the worst." Exhibit A. This is the evidence of that. Zelina's promo: "When I become queen." I'm going to rule with the divine heartlessness of Cleopatra, the strategic genius of Alexander the Great, and best of all, I will make each and every one of you kiss my ring. Who talks like that? Nobody talks like that. It feels so disingenuous and like she's playing a character that she doesn't even feel right in that role to play because it doesn't feel like words that she'd say. It's... Oh, it's not good. And somehow, Tony Storm's was worse. Because Tony Storm says, when she's queen, she's going to have the boldness of Joan Jett, the tenacity of Bruce Springsteen, and the epicness of Madonna. Jesus Christ. <laughs> you, know, you know what doesn't happen in real life? Two people completely unrelated to each other cutting the same promo with different words in them. Mm-hmm. That doesn't happen. No. She wasn't no. saying any of this in response to Zelina Vega. She just cut the same promo, but with stupider words attached to it. Jesus and, Christ. Oh, my God. And then <laughs> the, the commentary put over, oh, Tony Storm loves 80s music. That's her character now. That that's her character. Like you know how we say on NXT 2.0, these characters are bullet points, and that's it. Oh. They have no depth. Tony Storm's character now is likes 80s music. That's her entire character. So now they're just going to shoehorn in references because they don't actually know how to book characters with depth. They have a bullet point that says 80s music, and that's the character. That's it. So already Tony Storm's new character sucks. Then she loses clean to Zelina Vega in two minutes. Zelina Vega, who hasn't had a clean win in WWE. Carmella then beats Liv Morgan later in the night in one minute with her stupid new mask that looks terrible. Liv Morgan, who's been protected and beaten Carmella several times and on pay-per-view. Carmella beats her in a minute, setting up the semi-final match of Zelina Vega versus Carmella. You have Liv Morgan and Tony Storm and you choose the semi-final to be Zelina Vega and Carmella. I don't... Again, this is nothing against the people. They are talented. I've already said several times over that I think that Carmella's one of the most improved in-ring women's wrestlers that WWE has right now. But in terms of fan popularity, things that people would want to see, 
Tony Storm versus Liv Morgan is obviously a better draw than Zelina Vega versus Carmella. I don't understand how you can fail so hard at this. And it also makes it so much worse when you have the men's tournament on this show be really good because it shows you know how to do it. You know how to book properly. You're choosing not to. It's one thing to book the women terribly. It's another thing to book the women terribly and have an identical format for the men that you do well on the same show. It's just, <laughs> it's, it's baffling. I don't, <sighs> I don't understand this company. Like, and this is supposed to be their first one. The fir oh, first ever Queen's Crown. Historic. Let's make some history, everyone. No, you can't make history because it's shit. It's really bad. Ah. Well it said. Drives me insane. Drives me well insane. Said. I mean, for God's sake, you have to try to fail this badly. Right. This this sort of thing can't happen by accident. You know? I and I don't get it. Genuinely, I don't get it. I tweeted out when I saw uh, Carmella beat Liv Morgan in a minute. I tweeted out, this company does not want you to enjoy their shows. And you know what? I 100% stand by it. They hate their fans. Yeah, they do. Yeah. 100%. They hate them. Yeah. Stop watching the show. You don't have to. Tempest. It's all about the heel heat. It's all about the heel heat. Uh, I know. People are free to make their decisions and, and like what they want to like. But I I do not understand how someone could watch this, this show. This is... <laughs> <laughs> unbelievable i didn't get it and to put it in another perspective in case you haven't seen by the way because it's been doing the rounds on the internet today if you haven't seen the combined time for both <laughs> women's matches the combined time is three minutes and 46 seconds for both matches roman reigns's entrance just the entrance this is excluding the ad break that came in the middle of it, just when his music hit to when his music faded out, is three minutes and 55 seconds. Roman Reigns' entrance was longer than both women's matches combined on this show. I'd, look, Reigns has, has, has been the best thing on this show. We've said so many times, Reigns has been the best thing on SmackDown for ages, right? Reigns is not that good. He does not get to be... His entrance, his entrance, not the promo, the entrance does not get to be longer than all your women's matches on this show combined. Like, that that, that shouldn't, that should not, and oh, it shouldn't happen. That shouldn't happen. It just shouldn't happen. I don't... Yeah. You remember... You remember... I'm just I'm leaning into this because I don't care. You remember how on Dynamite they opened the show and all eight guys were just in the ring and there were no entrances? Yeah. It was bloody great. You know yeah, why? Entrances don't freaking matter. No, they don't. Like some entrances I understand. Like for 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 big moments for like pay-per-view matches, you got a special entrance, or you want to have that big pop for someone's music playing. You know, for the casino battle, uh, for the casino ladder match, let's say. And you need that big return pop of Hangman Page's music hitting. Of course. I understand the entrances kind of mean something in that context, right? Roman's coming coming out to do a promo. He's just doing a... That's it. It's just a promo. You can have him just walk out. I promise it's okay. 
to just have him walk out or already be in the ring after an ad break or whatever you want to do. Have the entrance start, cut to an ad break, come back, and his entrance is finished and he's ready for the promo. That's also fine. Like, just... You don't need all of this. It's just... Man. How? How can you just not care? And the thing is, it's so obvious that WWE doesn't care. Like... It's not news that they don't care, but it's so obvious that they don't care at this point. When you have the direct comparison of the men's and the women's stuff, of the same concept on the same show, it makes it so blatantly obvious how much they do not care about their women's division. And yet, there are people who are going to bend over backwards trying to defend this company, and I don't understand them. I do not get it. How can you possibly defend this? And I, I've already seen some people online and on Twitter and stuff just being like, oh, well, you know, Roman's obviously a much bigger draw than the women. Yes, he is. How do you think the women will become bigger draws? Maybe by giving them more frigging screen time. That's probably one way that they're going to do it. Hey, at this. Uh, very quickly, I'd like to point out one mm. specific thing. This sure. one in, in particular. Mm. Entrances are pretty important. If someone enters a match without an entrance, it makes them see less less important than someone who comes out with an entrance. Only if you book them that way. Yeah. You only think that because that's how WWE has been booking. If they change the way they're booking, that's not the way that they will be portrayed. You just have the important stuff take place bell to bell. Mm -hmm. I'm going to skip both of the entrances. I don't care. (laughs) I'm telling you people, unless something important happens during the entrance, or it's like a megastar who gets a really big response, because I saw someone pointing out Steve Austin got big pops and everything. Steve Austin didn't slowly walk to the ring take five minutes no it was like oh glass breaks down there he's already in the ring the the important bit of stone cold's entrance was the glass break do you know how long that takes like a second after that doesn't really matter right that's the important bit to get the pop boom glass break here it comes end of it like there's no crowd interaction if there's no finn balor demon entrance you don't need the entrance i'm not saying cut every entrance from the show but when you've got an entrance like roman reigns that's 10 minutes long on a good week, you can have it be during the commercials. Yeah. Like, you know, he, he can do that long entrance, the big, epic, long, brooding entrance on pay per views and for big matches, right? He's got Universal Title Match on SmackDown. Yeah. Sure, go ahead, go nuts. Have him have a long entrance on it because that's a really important deal, right? For coming out on a weekly show, he does this entrance every week. There's yep. no need to have this long an entrance every single week. Like, just cut it down. Like, it's 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 not hard, guys. It's not hard. Just cut it down. Give that give that time somewhere else, you know? Oh God, let's move on. I've, I've got positive cut. thoughts about this show. I'd like to cut. I'd like to get them out. Can't happy talk from the show while you're at it. Thank you. 
Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Anyway, let's talk about. Oh God. Get into your ultra chats. Forgot let's about see what that. You guys babe. thought about this? Yep. Um, Anthony Velasquez says uh, the treatment of the women's division is unacceptable. Two women's matches went a combined four to five minutes, and they could have cut a lot of other things from the show, like that Happy Corbin segment, and given that time to the women. They sure could. Yeah, that I forgot that was on the show. Uh huh. That's how pointless it was. Oh, oh damn. WH uh, says, would love to know how much involvement Johnny Ace and Pritchard have in the women's division. A lot, I guess. The awful booking hurts even more with WWE because the roster is top two in the world in terms of talent alongside stardom. Watch stardom, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. Do that. They had a show last night. Watch it. It was good. I I finally got around to watching the uh, Suri versus uh, uh, Hayashi Shida match recently it got five and a half stars what 45 minutes the match was freaking great watch (laughs) that i watched that instead of smackdown yeah uh charles berg says uh tony storm made such an impact now she can go on a losing streak that is a surefire way to get fans invested uh, get fans invested in her who doesn't love a new character that can't get a win oh nobody nobody likes that idea wow i'm truly shocked who could have known 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. <sighs> they're having this conversation backstage. Mm-hmm. And they're they're yeah. not joking about it. No, exactly. Yeah. Why isn't Tony Storm getting over, pal? Yeah. She, she yeah. loves 80s music. Ha ha ha. I love 80s music. <laughs> and she likes 80s it's true. music. Oh. It's true. If you, if you have Tony Storm talking about ACDC, Vince will love her. Oh, yeah. Definitely. He loves ACB ACDC. says, um, I'm going to be honest, when I woke up and saw the Queen's Crown results on Insta, I thought it was a typo. What's concerning is with Baszler beating Brooke, she better anyway, we are relying on Dewdrop beating Natalia to avoid heel versus heel semis and final. <laughs> I would oh, be... Boy. I don't I don't know how the other the other side of the tournament, by the way, for those who haven't seen it, it's Dewdrop versus Natalia, and it's Shayna Baszler versus Dana Brooke. So I would assume that they would do Dewdrop versus Shayna in the semis because they've already kind of set up that sort of few thing on Raw. So I'd assume that's the way they'd go. But who knows? As we saw from this SmackDown, they could do anything. So God, I'm expecting a Natalia Dana Brooke semi-final. Why not? No, no. Shayna's got to win this tournament. Shayna has to win. Queen of Spades. Do do you think Shayna Baszler no! be a right in Saudi is my thing. Like, I don't know, man. I don't know. I'm, I'm not looking that far into the future. I should be, but <sighs> yeah, still. Queen's Crown Tournament is, is, is terrible. All right. Really bad. Let's talk about some stuff that wasn't quite as bad because this was the worst stuff on the show. I will say that. Sure was. I want to talk about that. I want to talk about Cesaro and Finn Balor. Let's yeah, get to that part that of the show. Can I hit fast yeah. forward? Can I get my yeah. remote from Click? Remember that movie? Shout out Adam Sandler. First things first, we've got to talk about the opening segment to this SmackDown, which was probably one of the worst stagings of a segment I've ever seen. Because it I starts laugh. it starts with Bianca Belair in the ring. Hey, you know what? They didn't have any entrances, and I was like, oh my god, doesn't this feel great? Like Bianca Belair's yeah. music was playing, but she was getting in the ring as the show started, and I was like, oh thank god, they skipped all the entrances. They didn't really, they did them sneakily into this one, but Bianca Belair is entering the ring. Becky Lynch is sitting on the ramp with a table. Reasons unknown. And Sasha Banks is standing on the commentary table. Why? Why would anyone be there if the script didn't dictate that they should be there? (laughs) It's a really bad staging. It's one of those things that just takes you out of like the continuity of the WWE world that they build and just go, oh, this is all part of the, the script. This is all really forced and unnatural and terrible. Awesome. Cool. Yeah. So it's like you can't buy into the world that WWE have created. You know, you can't immerse yourself in their reality because their reality takes you out of its own reality. Yeah. It's one of those things. One of those How did ones Bianca going. get to the ring? Don't question it. She would have had to walk past Becky and her table. Yep. I, I, I don't know, man. It's fine. I, just, I don't care. I don't care. Yeah. 
Stupid. And then, because what we need is an explanation of what's happening, because we're too dumb to remember, we then get back-to-back recap packages <laughs> of the stuff involving them from last week's SmackDown and from Raw. And they also play each other's entrance music as they're doing these recap packages. And they do the little graphic for Big Time Bex, which looks not Oh good. my god! We thought that the lips with the stupid scorpion <laughs> tail were bad. This <laughs> is like the worst thing I've ever seen. Yeah. Uh, Becky Lynch's stupid Bex time thing. Oh my god! Did I don't know what Becky's it looks response? like. Did you see Becky's looks response like a PS2 Twitter? graphic. <laughs> it does, doesn't it? You see Becky on Twitter. Um, WWE tweeted out like that, the little clip of that graphic. And Becky did her thumbs up response to it of her just being like, uh huh. <laughs> to, to the actual graphic that they got for her. She knows it's bad. God. They're so proud yeah. of these. They and, are. Like, they none really of are. them are good. No. <laughs> I've seen like the one other. of them that was cool. It was the New Day. It's the New Day. Right. That's, yeah, that's, that's the only it. one that's good. Yeah. Nice. Whatever. Uh, sure. And they have a really awkward stilted segment because they do these the, the weird staging. They have the recap packages. Bianca then says to them both, why don't you get in the ring? Like, why weren't they in the ring to start with? Okay, sure. But then like a dumb baby face, so she turns her back on Sasha Banks. Wonder what's going to happen. She gets attacked from behind by Sasha Banks. Why your baby face is dumb? Also, Becky Lynch only had a table so she could flip it. As part of the script, they were like, "Give Becky Lynch a table because when she gets up, she can flip the table and it will look cool." Like that's that's the only reason she had a table. But it ended with a really cool move, Tempest. So that makes everything okay, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Bianca Belair had hit a really cool looking KOD on to Becky onto Banks through a table, which looked very cool. That yeah. doesn't make the rest of the segment okay, but it was a very cool visual. Yeah. I like that later in the show, they actually got Becky to sign the contract. Because mm. I did not think they would do that. I thought Me they were neither. just like, oh, it's a contract signing. Oh, no one signed the contract? Oh, well. Yep. I'm done with contract signings, I gotta be honest. Yeah, after yeah. the after the John Cena steal the contract moment, I was like, I don't need to see these ever again. No, but they keep doing them, you know? Yeah. It's just it's it's whatever. I was not a big fan of this opening segment. It definitely felt very clunky, but mm-hmm. it was far from the worst thing on the show. So points mm-hmm. for that. Yep. Uh, we then had the first of the King of the Ring matches, which was Rey Mysterio versus Sami Zayn. I think this was really fun because it's Rey Mysterio and Sami Zayn, and they're really good. Yeah. And they got time. They got time to do their match, uh, which is really good. The Thrones that they've got for the king of the ring and the queen of the ring they're not good <laughs> neither of the crowns like, they look like they're made out of plastic the wwe uh the king of the ring crown looks like it's a uh, burger king crown or something mm. oof oof not good. you making like a bajillion dollars every year from these tv contracts could you not just make a really nice looking crown see well the thing is is they haven't thought about it until like last week and then they've gone, oh, bollocks, we better actually make some props for this, right? Probably. Who knows? Yeah. Anyway, yeah. the match was really fun. 
Really, really enjoyed this. It has the usual little asterisk, little caveat to it. It's still WWE camera work. It's still, here's Dominic, here's an ad break. Mm, hate that kind of stuff. But the actual match was really, really cool. We got confirmation that, by the way, King Nakamura has given up his crown. And he's not even in King of the Ring, so he doesn't even have a chance to win it back. Sucks to be you, Nak. Sucks to be you, Nax. You just don't get a chance to win it back again. All right, cool. You know Whatever. what? I've decided. This whole tournament doesn't matter. There's already no, a king not. of the ring. It's me. I've got a crown. <laughs> You've got the crown. I've exactly. got the crown. It's me, Austin. I'm the king of the ring. It king genuinely, of the Quizzlemania ring. Genuinely, your crown looks about as good as their one. Yeah, and this is like $2 plastic. Yeah. It's crazy. <laughs> Wow. Anyway, um, but the match was good. The the finish made sense, at least to to further the Dominic Ray storyline. Thoroughly enjoyed Pat McAfee on commentary saying we should call him uh, King Ray, which means King King King. King. <laughs> oh man! Amazing. Um, so badly did I want Andrade to win a King of the Ring tournament so they could call him Ray Andrade. Mm. Oh no, that'd be cool. That'd be very cool. Um, but, uh, regardless, the finish came when, uh, Sammy took off one of the turnbuckle pads, uh, Dominic trying to be a good son, tries to put it back on because he doesn't want Sammy to take advantage with it. That distracts Ray. He was like, Hey, don't no, Just leave it. Just leave it alone. Don't worry. I got this. But that distracts him. Sammy pushes Ray into Dom, then rolls up Ray and gets the victory. It's good stuff. Yeah. I don't much care for the ongoing Ray Dominic storyline. No. It's like we it's the we've done chapter one four times in a row. You know, which is yes. just WWE's version of long-term booking. They just do the same thing week after week after week and there's no progression. That being said, it's amazing what happens when you let the good wrestlers do a wrestle. Mm, right? You know, it's just like the best Parts of WWE are when they just have two good wrestlers, put them in the ring, and just go hands off, mm -hmm. you know, which we will, again, get to in a little bit. But it's like, I, I really like the match. Again, if you want to have a great match, putting uh, Sami Zayn and Rey Mysterio together, that's a pretty good combination, you know? It's like, if you got to yeah, put, if you're just clicking and putting things down on paper, that's a really good combination. Mm-hmm. Uh, after that, we had Seth Rollins was backstage getting ready for an interview before it went to an ad break. Hit Row are coming soon. Uh-oh. <laughs> That's never a good sign when you've got an NXT talent coming soon. Ugh. Remember when Tony Storm was coming soon? Mm -mm. Do you remember people when like, be... all six of those people were coming soon? Do you remember when Sanity were coming soon? Oh, man. <sighs> Yep. Oh man, this one's gonna hurt, isn't it? Sure is. Yeah, really sure love is. Hit Row. I'd have mm -hmm. Isaiah Swerve Scott beat Roman. That's why, like next week. But yeah, if I was Built to pick it. someone, you know, yeah. uh, I'd I'd pick him. I don't think that's gonna happen, but mm -hmm. we'll see. Um, the commentators then talk about how great SmackDown is now after the draft. And then we get a really long video recap of Rollins versus Edge. And then we go back to Seth Rollins, who, by the way, was waiting this whole time backstage for the promo. Um, and then 
he says he did nothing wrong by breaking into Edge's house. All right. In theory, he's right. Not really. You're not allowed <laughs> to break and enter, but once he was inside, he didn't do anything. He had some orange juice. Yeah. And he ate an apple. He left he chucked the apple on the floor. Like that's that's you could get some of that like sticky apple juice on like the floor. They gotta clean that up. Like that's pretty mean, you know? What a dastardly human being. Yeah, I know. Um we then got Zelina Vega versus Tony Storm, as we've already mentioned. Uh we then got the uh just to add to the whole way too much Roman entrance on this show. Before the entrance, we also got a video package of Reigns and Lesnar from last week, which was two minutes and 15 seconds. So if you want to chuck that onto the extra three minutes, 55 for his entrance, feel free to. Uh, Roman comes out and does a promo. So I I know you and I think differently about this promo. I wasn't a huge fan personally. And I know you enjoyed Paul Heyman in this one. So Roman does his normal thing now. San Jose, acknowledge me. Which I'm I'm getting a bit bored of both him and Becky doing that every week. Um it it doesn't pop me. In the same way, it's like a I see it as more of a cheap pop than a catchphrase. Does that make sense? I don't know. It just doesn't ring right with me. The man has come around to place. Place, acknowledge me. It's like also that's a baby face thing. Why are you getting the pops? Your heels. Stop it. Um, but regardless, uh Roman says to acknowledge him, and he says, You should acknowledge Paul Heyman, because he got the Usos on SmackDown. I was like, I'm glad that story's finished, I guess. Uh, and then he says, Hey, Paul, you're the wise man to the buzzline. I want you to be wise right now. I think you should come clean about why Brock Lesnar is a free agent and how much involvement you had in it. Paul Heyman then does a long windy promo to not answer the question basically is the point is he doesn't want to answer the question truthfully so he says hey i've been with family for 40 years and you know i'm i'm i'm, I'm just here for your tribal chief this would be it'd be really stupid if i came up with a plan to try and dethrone the tri tribal chief now would be a really stupid time to do it right it won't make any sense why would i tell you now and potentially feed someone to brock lesnar and who would tell you now ahead of crown jewel it doesn't make any sense right and then rain says Okay, why are you telling me? Tell Heyman. Tell him in the camera. Uh, tell tell Lesnar. Tell Lesnar in the camera. So Heyman turns to the camera, and he basically says, Reigns is going to win. Of course, it's a Paul Heyman promo. It's much better than that. Very well delivered. Very eloquent. It's a Paul Heyman promo. But he says, Reigns is going to win. And then they all walk off. So, for me, Roman Reigns is the, the character who always knows... What's going on? He's always a guy who's in control. You can't outsmart him. He's always a guy that's like three steps ahead, right? And he's always in control of every situation. Him saying directly to Paul Heyman, tell me what involvement you had in his free agency. And Paul Heyman not answering the question because like he cut off Paul Heyman at one point and just asked for the microphone back. And I was like, okay, so he's going to say, Heyman, answer the damn question. Like, were you involved in Lesnar's free agency or not? And he just didn't. And I was like, Surely he's not been hoodwinked by Paul Heyman because it didn't even convince me, let alone Reigns. <laughs> like, I don't know. Like, I it didn't ring right with me at all. And while Heyman's promo was very good, it, it's a classic Heyman promo, delivered really great. The substance of it was Reigns will win. It was, yeah. it was good. It just lacked a bit of depth, in my humble opinion. See, what I liked about this promo 
was a lot of the subtlety of the performances mm-hmm. that both men gave, which I think is a very important touch when it comes to this this whole storyline. Because my, my favorite parts of everything have been the facial expressions and the, the changes in body language while people are talking and stuff like that. I remember the, the Jimmy Uso promo from months ago where you could see everyone in the ring all is just looking at him and they've all got different facial expressions and the facial expressions are changing with what he says. I like that kind of thing. And we don't get that in WWE basically ever, but we get it in this storyline. So I like to see that and I look out for that when it's on. Two moments of this existed to me in this uh, in this promo. And one of them was right at the start of Heyman's promo to Lesnar because he's like kind of stuttering a little bit. He's like, <laughs> you, you, Brock Lesnar, you, uh, blah, 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 blah. Because to me, it felt like he what he didn't have anything planned to say. You know, he's a he's a wordsmith, he's a silver-tongued devil, but he was put on the spot. And this is all performance. This isn't real. This is him performing this. And I think he did such a good job of being like, I wasn't prepared for this. Uh okay, Roman. Yeah, I'll 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 do that. I'll do that. And he's still nervous, and then he gets into it and he finds his rhythm and he's good. I like that part of the delivery. And two is when Roman is behind him looking at him, talking to the camera, and he's just like, I'm gonna kill this guy. I'm gonna kill and by the end, he's like, Hmm. Okay. Like he listens to what Paul says, and by the end, Roman's reaction is changing. And I feel like you can see so much into the the motivations and how people are feeling, not by what they say, by but just by how they're acting. And I don't know how much of that is actually going to play into the turn of who Heyman is going to side with or any of that. But I think it's really interesting and it adds much more depth to it than just the words that come out of their mouths. I agree with all that. Yeah, there's there's a lot of uh, good, good subtlety in that promo. I totally get it. I just don't... I'm not overly interested in where the story's going at this point because Heyman even said it himself in this promo if he's siding with Lesnar it's really stupid it's a really stupid time for him to do it and it doesn't make any sense so if he now sides with Lesnar at Crown Jewel it's stupid and it doesn't make sense because he's already he's, he even told us so and he li- outlined exactly why it would be really stupid so now he's going to do it and it's going to look real stupid and we're going to go oh yeah it's real stupid but you know that's fine. Whatever. Um, maybe he won't do it. Maybe know. he won't do it. I don't know. I, they were talking, I, and it's just like, oh, I wouldn't, I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't do it like that. Why would I tell you about doing it like that? You ever see the book that OJ Simpson wrote? It's called like I didn't do it, but if I mm-hmm. did, this is how I did it. I did. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's basically what this promo reminded me of. <laughs> what it says to me, it's like the the really bad defense that people give in social deduction games. When they're just like, look, if it was me, why would I have done this thing? It doesn't make any sense. Like, what idiot would have done this really- when they've done a bad move in a game? And they're like, why would I ever do such a bad move, right? It doesn't make any sense. This is what it reeks of to me. And by the way, that's not a good defense in a social deduction game. And for me, this doesn't feel like it was a good Heyman defense. I don't know. It's just, I don't know. It's not a prediction. It's a spoiler. Reigns is going to beat Lesnar. It felt like it was hitting all the Heyman cliff notes for me and not actually furthering that much. Furthering it in a way that I'm interested in, put it that way. I know. Didn't didn't feel right to me. 
Um, Seth is backstage with Sonya Deville and Adam Pearce saying he will come out later and wants a response from Edge. Cool. And then we got Carmella versus Liv Morgan. It was bad. Uh, we then got uh, Mace backstage with yet another terribly scripted WWE promo. I'm not here to compete. I'm here to annihilate. Shut up. God. Nothing against Dio Madden as a person. I have everything against his scripting. I want to be positive. I know. They're making it so this. hard. It it has bad segments on the show, Tempest. I, I can't help it. You know what's coming up next? Friggin' Happy Talk is next. Ooh. Oh my god. Jesus. I just want to cherry pick this, the Cesaro-Finn Balor match. We'll get to that very soon. Very soon. I just right? that's the only thing on this show that I really yeah. want to talk about. But there's I, so much crap on this show to get through first. I know. Uh, Mace promo is whatever. I I don't think it was delivered particularly great, but it, he has terrible scripting to work with, so I don't particularly blame him. Uh, we then had Happy Talk. So this was advertised as Happy Talk with the Street Profits. That was supposed to be what it was advertised as. Boy, they dodged and then, a bullet. Right? Well, I'll get to that in a minute. And then, because WWE just wanted to not further the story in any way, shape, or form, and just repeat everything that had already happened, they then played the same video promo introducing Mad Cat Moss that they played from last week. You say... Hey, if you missed it, here's who Madcap Moss is. It's like, we watched last week. We know it's the same thing. If it was a different promo introducing him, I still wouldn't still wouldn't have been great because it's still introducing a character that you've already introduced, but it's the same video promo. Like, come on. I know it's supposed to be appealing to casual fans, but it doesn't reward people that do watch week to week. It makes there it insufferable no for people. There are no casual fans. I will die on that hill. No one watches this show casually. You know what's happening on this show if you watch it. Yeah. Insane. Um, Happy Corbin calls the show award-winning. What awards have you won? Okay. Just a buzzword. It's an award-winning show. Uh, Madcap Moss has a bad joke, and they all and they fall each other, fall over each other. There we go, laughing. Uh, Kevin Owens comes out. He gets beaten up, which is exactly the same as what happened last week, just without the match. And it was somehow worse. Poor guy. And then, here's a question. When Kevin Owens was getting beaten up, where the hell were the Street Profits? I'm assuming they were just chilling in gorilla position, being like, all right, we're waiting for our cue to come on out, waiting for Corbin to introduce us. Oh, Kevin Owens is getting beaten up? I guess we'll just stand here and not save him. What great babyfaces they are. And then we didn't see him on the rest of the show, so I guess they just pissed off home, did they? I don't know, man. Yeah, I don't know. Shows ass. <laughs> Not one person tunes into SmackDown or buys a ticket to see Happy Talk. <laughs> Not one. I, Madcap, Madcap Moss might be like the least funny person I've ever seen on a wrestling show. And again, I don't think it's necessarily his fault. The scripting and the material he's given to work with is dog ass. It is horrendously bad and he's got to try and commit to that character and that's real hard to do but man that is 
genuinely terrible. What's Kevin Owens doing? What's Kevin he's Owens doing? Waiting is what he's doing. Yeah, probably, right? Boy, can I not wait for the return of Kevin Steen. <laughs> Hope it happens. Uh, Me too. <laughs> Naomi backstage. She gets told by Sonya Deville, they're going to have a match next week. In-ring return of Sonya Deville? Great. Cool. I don't think it's actually going to happen. Or if it does, I think Sonya's going to win, which is a terrible choice. Nothing against Sonya. I think she's great. But if this storyline has been Sonya bullying Naomi repeatedly and forcing her out with security and stuff, and then she wins in the match, that's bad. And you can't be doing, because we've spoken about this before, you can't be doing, oh, well, Sonya wins the first time to build to a rematch. Because you can't have Naomi win once and then it's all forgiven for all of the months and months and months of stuff that Sonya's done. You need to have repeated babyface wins. That's why, as you've mentioned so eloquently on this podcast before, that's why the Stone Cold McMahon story works so well, because Stone Cold almost always came out on top. Yeah. I, I don't know, man. Still waiting cool. for the reason that Sonya hates... Naomi. She just, she just does. She's just not worthy. She's like, like you're a worthless, worthless human being that does not deserve a spot on this roster. You're terrible. I hate you. I wish you were dead, and I'm not <laughs> going to trade you. You have to stay here because I hate you. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I Na- Na- God. Na- Naomi, just, like, she Naomi like, raises a very good pushed point. over Sonya's grandmother or something. I don't yeah, know. I don't know. Yeah. And she's like, I'm a former two-term SmackDown Women's Champion. She's like, no, you, you suck. You rub it. No, you've not done anything. Like, which you... Okay. Um, we then got Tempest. Tempest, da, Tempest, da, da, Tempest, da, da, Tempest, Tempest. Cesaro. Finn Balor versus Cesaro in the second yeah. King of the Ring match on this show. You know what? Just you talk about it. Go ahead. This yeah. is the one thing you wanted to I, talk about. It's the one thing I wanted to talk about it because I love this match. I love this match a lot. I saw Finn Balor take a side headlock in the first 20 seconds of this match, and he tried to do the headlock takeover, and Cesaro didn't go. He didn't go, and he fought back up, and he walked around, went up on the turnbuckle, flipped around, and took him over. Because this is wrestling, and it makes sense. It makes sense that he couldn't get the really big strong guy over in one go. So he went around, got some more leverage, and got him over the second time. I saw that, and my heart melted. Absolutely melted. This, this was a eye-opening experience. That literally, the enti- the quality of this show will turn on a dime if you just let them goddamn wrestle if you get all the garbage booking and the poorly scripted promos out of the way and you just put wrestling matches on the wrestling show this show would be so good would be so good yeah Oh, I literally, I I don't even have any other talking points than this headlock. I could talk about this headlock for like (laughs) 10 minutes. It was pure wrestling. It was the most simple of wrestling storytelling. And I loved it. I loved it. I saw this and I can't stress enough that I just saw it and just got warm and fuzzy feelings about it. 
because I love this stuff. I love it, and they hate it, and I don't understand how you can run a wrestling company and hate wrestling. Yeah. Yeah, isn't it wild? (sighs) They hate wrestling, but sometimes they'll just let it happen anyway, and this was a good example of them just letting the wrestling happen, and it was fantastic. It was a great match. Again, they were given time, not all that much time. It was only, what, like, I don't know, 10 minutes for the match? If that. Something like that. I don't know. It wasn't that long, but it was enough. It was all they needed. It's Finn Balor and Cesaro. They're both amazing. Just put them in the ring, let them do a wrestle, and yay, results, profits, right? So it's great. Balor won in the end. Really fun match. Good stuff. Do more Do more of this. Fan-friggin-tastic. It's like Vince wasn't watching. It's like he had his back right, Yeah. It's like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. get away with it. We get away with it. Vince isn't watching. Let's wrestle. Yeah. It was awesome. Uh, Becky is then backstage with Sonia and Pierce, and she signs the contract. I wonder how many people are going to say the phrase, put some respect on my name. I feel like everyone has been saying that lately. I don't know. Let's just say some other stuff. Um, We then get the announcement that, oh my god, the next week is Super Size Smackdown. Because what we need is more Smackdown. They're doing an extra half an hour. Mm, I don't want it. I don't want an extra half an hour. We've got Lesnar appearing on the show, and Lynch versus Banks will be taking place on that show as well, and the in-ring return of Sonya Deville. Cool! That doesn't justify an extra half an hour for me, but you know! Hey, if they fill that extra half an hour with time for Queen's Crown tournament matches, you know, that's fine but you should really be able to fit it in on a two-hour show that's all right whatever then we had the main event segment that was seth rollins coming out and waiting for a response from edge which took a while um of him just being like edge where are you where are you edge you're not here edge guess who's not here it's edge who's here it's me who's not here it's edge well, hey edge you here you here you're not you're not here edge edge you're here no you're not hey guys where's edge he's not here it's like, yeah i get it Jesus Christ! Get to the point. He came in eventually. And then it got good. Because got real Edge good. came in. Got real good. Because Edge came in, speared him. Cool. Got the chair leg thing. Went to go do the chair leg cross face thing. And then uh, Seth managed to escape. Roll out the ring. And Seth was looking a little bit smug. A little bit smug. Whatever. And uh, Edge came in and he said it's going to be you, me, hell in a cell. I'm like, Oh, okay. So, positives. This is how Hell in a Cell should be used. Yeah. This this feud feels very worthy of Hell in a Cell. They're one apiece. This is literally the blow-off match in their feud. A Hell in a Cell match at a pay-per-view that's not Hell in a Cell. Great. This This is exactly how Hell in a Cell should be used. Also, Seth sold the crap out of this stipulation. Of him just being like, oh, bollocks. And he looked proper, like, pissed off and, like, shocked that he was going to have to do a Hell in a Cell match against Edge. Good. Hell in a Cell should be treated as, like, oh, no, I don't want to do that. Oh, no. Only, like, nutters and people that have a real vendetta openly challenge people to Hell in a Cell matches because Hell in a Cell was gruesome and terrifying. This was great. This was, this is exactly how Hell in a Cell should be treated. It's a shame. 
that the stipulation's been completely buried in the ground and Hell in a Cell this year has already happened. So not that long ago, we've already seen like seven Hell in a Cell matches because we got a couple on the show and on SmackDown and Raw surrounding it. Whatever. But this, in its own isolated little bubble, is very good. More of that. I think this Seth and Edge feud has actually been very good. You know, Apart from the breaking the, into the house thing. Uh, yeah, that that bit was, was dumb. But as far yeah. as like pacing of the feud and the mm-hmm. match involved and everything, like this has been a really solid little feud. I'm deeply depressed that this match will be taking place at Crown Jewel. Mm-hmm. I don't like. I it feels weird to be like I hate that they've booked this incredible card, but I hate that they've booked this incredible card. For a show that will still be terrible. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? Like, if this, if this was just the card for Survivor Series, I'd be mm. like, oh, damn, I want to watch Survivor Series. That show's right? going to be goddamn awesome. But, yeah. alas, I don't think Crown Jewel is going to be awesome. Because when he said, hell in a cell, I was like, ooh, I want to see that. I want to yeah. see a proper hell in a cell match. Unfortunately, I don't it, think it's going to be that. It might be, but it's all just tainted. It's got a bad filter over it. Right? Because I saw a comment. I think it was on the community tab talking about the, the poll for SmackDown. Uh, and I think it summed it up perfectly. It's so weird that Crown Jewel has a card of Roman Reigns versus Brock Lesnar, Becky versus Bianca versus Banks. Edge versus Rollins at Hell in a Cell and Goldberg versus Lashley, and I'm not excited about any of it. Like, I just... Oh, it's at a Saudi show? I automatically don't care. Because there hasn't been a good Saudi show. At Full awesome. stop. There just hasn't been. At all. And there's been, what, five? Six now? Somewhere around that? Greatest Royal Rumble. Crown Jewel. Super Showdown. Crown Jewel. Super yeah, Showdown. Yeah, so five. And so this will be the sixth one. Six, yeah. This will be the sixth Saudi show, and there hasn't been a good one yet. Um, so, yeah. Do this show, but on a real pay-per-view. Right? Like, that card is stacked. That card's crazy. But, man. Yeah, not good. Uh, overall, because we... Oh, my God, we really need to get to talk about Rampage because we're going to overrun massively. Uh, overall, I thought the show was not great. I would have given it a two out of five because the women's stuff was so, so bad. Like, actively really damaging on this show that it dragged it right down for me. As great as Bala Cesaro was, as great as Zayn Mysterio was, I just I couldn't get past that women's division booking, man. And, like, the promos were, were really horribly scripted and took me out of it. The staging for the first segment was really bad, took me out of it again. Just... A lot of stuff, and even like the stuff that was good had like an asterisk next to it. It was like the Heyman promo was good, but I didn't get like, like the substance. The Edge versus Rollins announcement was good, but it's a Saudi show. <sighs> two out of five for me. Yeah, I'm not going to disagree with a two out of five. I might go three just because I like the main event and I really like Cesaro and Balor. And there was not there were a few good matches, but the bad things on this show were like zero out of five dog ass segments yeah so if you say two out of five i won't disagree with you 
Uh, funnily enough, if we take a look at last week's poll for the first night of the draft, 56% of people said a three out of five. 14% are a two out of five. 10% are one. 14% are four out of five. This week's poll is almost identical because we got 11% with a four out of five, 53% with a three out of five, 18% with a two out of five, and 12% with a one out of five, 6% with a five. So this is like almost exactly the same, but ever so slightly lower. Like there's like a 3% swing on like the lower one and twos, but like basically the same as last week. And I would say this was much worse than last week because last week at least it had the draft, which is mildly exciting because its names being announced, mm. which gives it something. This week was just dog ass. This week sucked. I really didn't like this show at all. I, I don't know, man. Let's I talk about a good I, show quickly. I hated it. Let's talk about Rampage. Let's talk about Rampage because this show is great. Hot yeah. damn, I love this CM Punk Daniel Garcia match. Dude, CM Punk Daniel Garcia kicked off the show. They did the split screen promo at the start, which is weird. I thought they only reserved that for like the main event match of each show, but they did it for Punk Garcia. All right. All right. Get in the rampage graphic up. Um and uh and yeah, they they did they did the split screen promo, which I thought was weird because they normally don't do that for the main event, but they did it for the opener, which was cool. And then the match was awesome. I agree with you. I think what what you said in your edited review, this might be Punk's best match in AEW so far. In terms of like the hype surrounding him and Darby Allen, I think was probably elevated that matchup more in like the big stage. It was, you know, first match back, all that jazz. But in terms of it in a vacuum, this match without the, the extra context and everything, this match I think is a better match. Just a better psychological and technical match. This is great. This match was fantastic. Like it was just so much fun, you know, because you've got you've got these absolute dork dweeb goofball heels 2.0 at ringside that are perfect at their job of taking bumps for the big stars and just being there to back up their friend Daniel Garcia. And you get the, the fun of seeing Punk have to fight off three guys and sell and eventually knock them all out, miss a crossbody i saw it they parted like the red sea he went right through them and i was like oh my god he's gonna quit again after that bump but they they just had such a fun match and i think daniel garcia's style translates so well to just being able to have great matches with anybody you know the the brian danielsons of the world and the jonathan greshams the zach saber juniors can adapt to so many different styles and daniel garcia fits right into that mold as well He's so great, and wrestling a guy like CM Punk, who still can like technical wrestle, but also you know he he's I don't know if well rounded is the term I'm looking for, but he he does a lot more than just technical wrestling. It's just oh, love I love this match. Like it's just simple. It wasn't complicated. It was fun. It's just this is what I want to see out of a wrestling show. Yeah, and CM Punk won with the Anaconda Vice, which is what did a pile driver into the Anaconda Vice which was great. Yeah. That's very good. How much longer before he breaks out his real finisher? The Pepsi Plunge. Pepsi Plunge. Hell yeah. Who does he need to wrestle to break out the Pepsi Plunge? Save it for a big match. Save it for like a, I don't know, against like a hangman or something. Yeah. CM Punk against Kenny Omega and he busts out the the Pepsi Plunge. I'd, I'd pop. Yeah. 
Uh, we had Leo Rush, Dante Martin, and Matt Seidel uh, backstage. Uh, Leo Rush basically saying like, "Hey man, I, I'm I'm helping Dante Martin," and Matt Seidel being like, "I don't buy what you're bringing, Dante Martin." He said, "It's cool. I'll get you a match against CM Punk," and he's like, "All right, sure, whatever. Hey, that's gonna happen next week." <laughs> sick <laughs> nice all right this is like yeah. this is like raw in in 2009 or 2010 yeah. or sometime yeah. or That's ring funny. of honor in 2005 yeah i was gonna say that Could one indie in show that one raw indie in show where matt Seidel puked in the ring <laughs> <laughs> it's like raw in 2010 but good um yeah. so yeah which is cool so i don't i don't know what leah rush is doing but i'm into it i think i'm wait, i'm waiting to see I don't really get it yet, but I'm letting yeah. it play out a little bit more before I properly commit to it. Yeah, I don't I don't know where exactly we're going. If I had to guess, I would say maybe this is going to lead to the return of Darius Martin. We get top flight aligned mm-hmm. with Leo Rush. I think that would be like a really cool, like high flying trio with a with a good talking manager and two very talented young guys. I don't know, maybe something like that. I just see him being put with like some young guys to, to help give them something a little bit more to do. Mm-hmm. And that's fine. I like that. Uh, we then had the Lucha Brothers versus the Acclaimed. Man, you had four matches on this show, so you had to speed through a couple other things. You want guys to do things quickly? Lucha Bros are a good team to do that. Yep. Uh, God, they're so fast. God, they're so fun. Really enjoyed this match. I really like the commentary putting over various aspects of like Max Caster, like deceptively strong uh, as part of some of this stuff. He hit like a really cool like counter into a suplex and stuff. Um, really fun spots back and forth. Really good story being told. Lucha Bros are really fun. High flying offense. They win. Assisted pile driver. Yay. Yeah. Fun. I Lucha Bros win. Love. I love. Love. Love the way that they're booking their tag division. Mm-hmm. Where you just and they've been doing this like all year with the Young Bucks as champion as well. You just have the teams win all the time. They win on dark and they get all the way up to the top. They earn a title match, then they lose and they get bumped down. It makes so much sense. I love it. I absolutely almost, love it. Almost too much sense, Tempest. Yeah. Uh, you can I, you can hate the rankings and everything if you want to. But I think in situations like this where you have a steady stream of different challengers, of young mid to lower card teams that all get to go out there and have title matches on TV against teams like the Young Bucks and the Lucha Brothers, they are getting more experience. We're getting good matches out of it. We're getting more title defenses. Everything makes sense. And everything makes everyone better wrestlers in time for the future when they will then be better wrestlers and you have a really good product with all your your young talent that's not so young anymore and has the, the experience that they need is great um and also i i don't know if this is right but i'm assuming it is because commentary said it is it the lucha brothers haven't lost a match in 2021 not together as a team i don't believe that's wild if so um makes sense they're the tag champions right Hey, look, yeah. a team that's your champions, that's protected. Isn't that crazy? They're, they're pushed strong as a good team. Crazy, that. Melts my heart. Huh. Melts my heart. Uh, Jade Cargill defeated Sky Blue very quickly. She sure did. 
It was good. I like Sky Blue. Sky Blue got in a little little bit of hope offense, which was believable. It was good. Got in a few forearms and punches and a little bit of high-flying offense, but she went to do like the the uh, roll through into a bulldog thing, and Jake Cargo just caught her and slammed her down and win. Great finish. Good. good. Great finish. Yeah, really enjoyed it. Like, I saw her hook uh, Sky Blue for, for Jaded in the bulldog yeah. attempt, and I went, oh, that's cool. Mm-hmm. You know? Uh, I love yeah. great counters into finishers that, like, flow and make sense like that. I really like Sky Blue. I was there in Chicago when she had her match with Red Velvet that got her into the Casino Battle Royal. And that was, mm-hmm. honestly, that was one of the best matches that I'd seen that week before the pay-per-view. Like, it was fantastic. If she's given the chance to go out there and have, like, just a really solid, good wrestling match, she'll do it. It's just not her time yet. You know, she's got to yeah. work her way up the card. But Sky Blue has a lot of potential. I mean, she's, like, mega young, right? So she's got yeah. time, <laughs> like time's on her side. She can do get all the experience that she needs right now and then work her way up. It makes total sense. Um, I also really like as well, just a side thing, that in AEW, in, in general, the younger you are, like experience is a really strong factor of the company. Like if you if you're more experienced, you're more likely to be a better wrestler. So when you have young guys coming in, they need to gain experience to become a better wrestler. So you have guys like Jungle Boy, who didn't really win, and then they got a load of experience, and now they're getting wins. Like, it's just, just makes sense, right? And you see guys like, like Daniel Garcia, who's on a four-match winning streak. Wow, that's great for a 23-year-old four-match winning streak. And the commentary were putting over, like, he's won four matches in a row. A 23-year-old four matches in a row. That's great for him. And then he loses against CM Punk. Of course he does. CM Punk's way more experienced than him. Like, that's... Oh, it's not just that they're better wrestlers. It's that they have more experience. And that is, like, the key factor between them. It's not that their talent is any different. They just have more experience in the ring. And that is something that is a really hard line to, to tread. But they do it so, so well. Really like it. Nailed it. Absolutely yeah. took the words out of my mouth. It's fantastic mm. stuff. It just feels like it makes sense. Right? Yeah. Um, but it's also, but it's only to a point at the same time. Because when you start to get older, you start to become a, a worse wrestler. So they're not saying that Sting is the best wrestler in the company because he has the most experience, right? He's still very good because he's the icon Sting and he has tons of experience. He's also not physically as capable as some others. He's not a world champion, right? And they're not treating him as such. Because they don't treat the fans like idiots. Isn't that great? Ah, what a crazy concept. Main event time. Ricky Starks versus Brian Cage for the FTW Championship in a Philly street fight. This was cool. Um, I don't think this was like the best blow away match that they've had or anything like that. Uh, But it's a lot of smoke and mirrors. There were some really fun spots in this one. Uh, the crowd started to get behind Brian Cage a little bit towards the end of this, which was good because I was worried that they were just going to boo him for the whole thing because he's not Ricky Sarks and Ricky Sarks is getting over. Um, but super cool visual to end this match. Hot damn. Ricky Sarks got busted open on a chair. Uh, li- like there was a chair set up in the corner. He did not need to take that bump, but he did it anyway. He just <laughs> dived in head first. Just like, yeah, there's a chair there. I got it. Um, so yeah, it's just Ralph Wiggum. Like... It's Ralph Wiggum going through the window. <laughs> it's literally that, like headfirst into the chair. So he gets proper busted open, like blood pouring down his face, and he gets up Brian Cage for the Rochambeau with interference from uh, Hook and all that stuff. So Cage is still protected. Obviously, not illegal though, because it's a street fight. 
gets him up for the Rochambeau. And just the image of him holding Brian Cage on his shoulder with the blood pouring down his face, oh, it's really cool. Hits the Rochambeau, gets the win. And yeah, it was great. It had to be carried out. Again, blood pouring down his face, holding up the FTW title. Great, great visuals again. Good stuff all around. Really enjoyed it. Yeah, this wasn't my favorite thing on the show by any means. I think Ricky Starks just has so much everything. He's got so much charisma. He's got he's does great promos. He's a good wrestler. Like if you extended the four pillars of AEW, I know he hasn't been there since like day one, day one. But if you extended yeah. the four pillars thing to like five or six, I think Ricky Starks is like the next young pillar of AEW. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. I think he's that good, and I think he will be one of the top stars of this company for years to come. But. Putting him in a match against Brian Cage at this stage is a little bit tough because Brian Cage is like the one, not the one guy, but he's one of few that I don't think has really gotten over to the levels that they've wanted him to. And it's tough. I like Brian Cage. I think he's a good wrestler, but he's not the huge babyface star that you need in a match like this, especially when he's going to spend a good chunk of this match selling you know, and trying to come from behind and make a comeback and all that. I just don't think that that really clicked in this match. So, again, it wasn't bad by any means. It was still good. But if they had that, like, really good crowd dynamic going, I think this could have been, like, a, a cl- not a classic, but a fantastic main event to close out this show. And meanwhile, it was just, it was just a solid good. It was a decent main yeah. event. Yes, I agree. Uh, but overall, another great episode of Rampage. Flew by. Good wrestling. Thumbs up. Four out of five for Rampage, which is, yep. I don't think I've given one less than four out of five yet. I may have given one three out of five. Mm, maybe. But this show is just so solid. You just put good wrestling matches on a show, I'm going to like it. You're, That's all you're you need. singing my song. Exactly, yeah. Well, before we get into the rest of your Ultra Chat, let's get into uh, saying thank you to some very special people, and those are our $25 and above pledge hammers over on our Patreon page. If you haven't been to Patreon yet, you should. Loads of cool bonus content, loads of really awesome stuff. Go check it out, patreon.com forward slash WrestleTalk. And if you pledge at the $25 or above tier, you get your own custom wrestling nickname, and it gets spread out on a show much like this one. So thank you to... <clears throat> Bit of a drum roll here. Ronald Coleman, baby! Knock my crown. Yeah. Chris the Cypriot Sensation. Cypriot. Petra. Cypriot. Cypriot? I don't know what that word someone is. From, someone from Cyprus. Cypriot. All right. I didn't know Cyprus was a place. <laughs> Cyprus Hill. Yeah. Petro. <laughs> Thanks. Goodness me. Um... Shield Maiden, the Zornice. Yeah. The Cleaner, Kenny Shaw. Yeah. Thank you. Gavin, Cash Money, Kashiwabara. Yeah. Thank you. LIW's American Muscle, Tyler Gamola. Yeah. Hell yeah. Thank you very much. Rob Steiner, Recliner. Yeah. Thank you. Rue the Day, 
Ruari O'Brien Kelly. Yes. Thank you. The Knight Rider kit. Yes. <laughs> Thank you. Hannah Allen Key. Thank you. There's nobody lesser than Brad Slesser. Yeah. Thank you. And Vito Ventura, pet detective. Yeah. Yes, thank you very much. Thank you to all of our pledge hammers over on our Patreon page. Let's get into the rest of your ultra chats here. Uh, last chance to get those in at wrestletalk.com forward slash support. Uh, we'll read out all the ones that are five US dollars or up by the time the show goes off the air. The legit underboss says, How I imagine Tony Storm's first meeting with Bruce Pritchard and Vince on her character went. Bruce, so tell me about yourself. Tony, I'm from Australia and I love 80s music. Vince, say no more. You're obsessed with the 80s. It's probably how that went. Sounds about right. Yeah, like that. She walked in, she had a Madonna shirt on. He was like, mm. I got it. I know you. Yeah. Brandon Agius says, as a female, this was the last straw. This company's treatment towards women is abysmal and appalling. Never again will I watch this program. Never, never. I ask people to join me in boycotting this program. It's not that hard to book women semi-decently. It's really not. That's Especially cool. when you have people like Triple H going out and saying, we've got the best women's division in the world. Other women want to be in the great place. They want to be here. Sure they do, pal. Sure. Mm, for sure. 69 Intangible Sadie Deegan says, Hey guys, the treatment of the women's division just breaks my heart. There was once a time we said they had the best women's booking in the world. Now... <laughs> It says sad fart noise, but you know, you get the gist. If the Queen of Spades doesn't win the Queen's crown, then oh, I'm going to be a sad lady. I mean, same. Me yeah. If they've been pushing Shayna Baszler like they have, and they do, and they have a lose in this tournament, mm -mm, it's a bad time. Yep. Jack Nichols says, uh, this year I've been loving Roman as bootleg Tony Soprano. However, I find the rest of SmackDown insufferable. Tempest at home with his negative one analogy. Uh, SmackDown is basically a weekly death by a thousand cuts ritual of poor booking and repetitive rematches. Kudos, guys. That's I'm going to use that for next week's review, probably when the show pisses me off. But it's death by a thousand cuts of just terribleness. And then there's obviously the really bad big stuff as well, which was the women's division on this show. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, that's a big cut. That's the last that's cut where they cut your throat. <laughs> Oh my god! <laughs> They've just cut you 999 times before that, and you're like, stop, yeah. please, no more. Please, please give me a sweet release. Uh, Matthew Robinson says, uh, after this last month of shows, I really feel like I want to get rid of WWE and just watch AEW. If it wasn't for Roman and Becky's current work, I probably would quit WWE. What do you guys think? Cool. Do it. You know what my opinion? Yeah, my opinion do would it. be, don't watch this freaking company. Uh, Listen, seriously, if it... watch what you want to watch, yeah, totally. and that goes for everyone. If you like this stuff, then watch it, yeah. But my opinion if I did not get paid for this, I would never watch this company again. <laughs> Same big mood, yeah, absolutely not. <laughs> I, I, I might, I would probably keep up with what's happening, like via reviews and like checking highlights and stuff, 
And I might watch some of the bigger pay-per-views like a Royal Rumble or a WrestleMania. I would watch the Royal Rumble. That's about it. Right. That's all. I, I previously I probably would have watched Takeovers. Now mm, yeah. not so sure. Yeah. I don't know if Takeovers still exist, Tempest. Yeah, I don't know either. We'll have to wait and see, right? Uh, S. Morgan says, uh, or Smorgan, depending how you're feeling. Uh, watching WWE as a hardcore fan has become like watching the Pokemon anime after playing the Nintendo games. Hey, that water type is weak against electric. Go Pikachu, use Iron Tail. <laughs> That's an analogy I did not think I was going to see. That's right, Ash, you're facing Price, the ice gym leader. Go, Fan P. <laughs> Let me use this Pikachu <laughs> against Brock's Onyx. I'm mm-hmm. sure it'll work out. Stay for the horn. Uh, Jack Nichols says, uh, can we make WWE a thing? WWE, verb, to ruin something in a manner similar to WWE, i.e. Queen of the Ring tournament. That's a great idea. It would be a shame if somebody WWE'd it. WWE can be used outside of wrestling too. She put too much milk in my team. She WWE'd in my cup. Oh, WWE in my cup sounds a bit weird, but WWE think, my cup of tea sounds great. I think I think Chris Jericho did that to William Regal one time. He did. He WWE'd all in that cup. Yeah. It's <laughs> great, yeah. Uh and this is anyways, have a great day, guys. No, you. You have a great day. Um Gary B429 says, as Sami Zayn doesn't do the Saudi shows, I guess we already know Finn is going to the final of King of the Ring. Can WWE be more predictable? I mean yeah, I get that, but I also don't think you should just have Sammy lose to Rey Mysterio to make the semi-final slightly more unpredictable. Like, I prefer Sammy win over Rey because I feel like he needs it more. That's fine. I don't yeah. mind that. I don't know. Yeah, the, whatever. I'm not putting that much the, thought into the Saudi shows. The, the solution is don't hold shows in Saudi. There you go. There's your oh, problem solved. God, that would, yeah, that's a big cut that they'd take away. That's a big... Yeah. That's more than a minus one. That's like a minus five. Yeah, sure. Uh, do you want to take over for the Rampage ones? Sure. Hannah Allen sent a bunch of Ultra Chats in a row. So oh my thank gosh. you, Hannah. Yeah, these are all from Hannah, as far as I know. Uh, there's there's a few more after that, but let's let's go through. It's a whole page of Ultra Chats. So Hannah, Holy we love Jesus. you. We appreciate your support. She says, we love Pete. We love Pete. Gentlemen, please take solace. Us fans love and support one another, as well as supporting you guys. The others, That's 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 a bad name. Uh, <laughs> Skank Hunt 42 Collective. I honestly feel sorry for you. Don't bring down good people to lift yourself up. LIW444 Life. South Park reference in my last chat. I don't mind Max Caster's rap. I don't know. I understand there's a line and I feel I'm sensitive to people's feelings. Caster is just another M- MJF, though. I understand that's earned. Still, what's the difference? Jam that jam. It's a good point. Yeah. I think uh, time. I, I, <laughs> I think it is I earned. I think that's a big thing. It, it is earned. And I feel like MJF stuff is more against the wrestlers, whereas Max Caster stuff can sometimes be about like outside stuff that he's probably not got clearance to say beforehand from those people. I feel like that's mm-hmm. probably the difference. But that's me. Yeah. I, I think that that's probably it, honestly. Yeah. Uh, Lucha Bros. Guys, what a team. Almost the same level of hype as LIW. <laughs> I'm sure you guys could mentor them. I, w- I want to see uh, Lucha Brothers versus Proud and Powerful. This company delivers, so I know it's a heartbeat away. Still, skip the build. I don't know. Maybe I'm here alone. Hashtag, hashtag Ortiz scratch, hashtag hiss. That's what Ortiz sure. does this. 
<laughs> I hope we get that a full year. I want that to be the yes, next one. Same. Uh, Jade Cargill. Gosh, I need to lift weights. Lol. Sky Blue is an exciting young talent. They have women. They just need to sort out the stories. Thunder Rosa, another woman that changes the game. More, more, more. Hashtag woman for president. Hashtag Hillary v. Jade v. Rosa. Well, no, sure. technically it's Hillary v. J. Aid v. Rosa. <laughs> I was going to let her get away with it. Yeah, we yeah, know yeah. Hannah. She's prob- she probably had some drinks when she sent it's the- fine. Uh Also, hashtag woman for president. Yeah, hashtag woman for president. <laughs> Doesn't matter what one, just any. That's fine. Yeah, I suppose um, so. And yeah, and to be fair, saying that they need to sort out the stories for the women, I feel like they're, they're doing a much better job of it lately. There's been yeah. upper card and mid card feuds with the women's division, which is good. We'll, we'll, we'll get there. We're trending in the right direction, yeah. which yeah, is yeah, yeah, totally. promising. It's not fixed yet. Um, we're getting there. Yeah, we're getting there. As long as there's improvement, I'm, yes, I'm, I'm cool with it, you know. Uh, she says, do y'all think Bray will be all elite? I have my doubts, uh, but that mostly is due to clever articles. I'd like to know what my LIW visionary's opinion on the matter is. Ideas? Could it work? Personally, I love the man. Creatively, he has exceeded my expectations. Hashtag AEW. I'm sure it'll work out. Because there's, like, if he decides to go to AEW and they decide to, to sign him... I believe that there's enough creative energy in that company and he's got enough creative energy that they'll come up with good stuff. That being said, Bray Wyatt and AEW does not tickle my fancy the same way that Adam Cole or Brian Danielson would because I mean, Bray Wyatt's a very good wrestler, but his appeal has always been the extra character stuff, which is not what draws me to wrestling. So, and I know that is for a lot of other people. So personally, I hope it works out and I'm more than happy to be surprised pleasantly, but it's, it's not something that I'm like dying to see. I think if they ever wanted to have someone else lead the dark order, I think Bray Wyatt is probably the only man that could ever do it. And there wouldn't be backlash for it. I think I'm not saying that that's what they have to do. I'm just saying that that's an option for them. Uh, I'd like to see Bray Wyatt. I, I'm, I've always been a huge fan of Bray Wyatt since his NXT days. I think he's been fantastic. I even liked Husky Harris. Hot damn. Um, so yeah, I, I, I think I'd really like to see him in a place where he can flourish creatively and I'd like to see what he comes up with. I don't know how his in-ring style of wrestling will translate to AEW, but I'd be excited to give it a go. Right on. Uh, says Ricky... St- yeah, we're still going. Hannah Allen, love oh, you. Yeah. Still good. Uh, Ricky Starks has it. Brian Cage is fine. I just love Ricky as a character. Cage is handicapped, which sucks. His He's just too big, and I'm not sure how that fits in AEW. Heavyweight championship? Question mark. I love AEW, so please don't misconstrue this as negative. Meh. Yeah. he's He's got a rough go of it, you know? He does. I feel like he's a good wrestler. I just, yeah. I think so, I too. I where that place is. I think it's him as a heel, honestly. Maybe. You know, yeah. I think he would be better as a heel. They've just got a lot of kind of similar heels right now. Mm. Yeah, eh, it's tough. Uh, and says wanted to finish off with, "We love you guys. It sucks you get the hate. You don't deserve it. And by proxy, maybe that means we don't deserve you. We do love you. We will support you." Hashtag everyone else. <laughs> Hashtag liw for life. 
J, uh, JTJ, hashtag lots of love, hashtag support each other. A very Thank lovely you. message. Thank you, Hannah. We appreciate you. Yes. Thank you very much. <laughs> and uh, finishing up with a few more very quickly. Brian Moore says, you guys talked about everything I was thinking. I just want to say, uh, I just wanted to say, although squash matches are Jade's thing, it wasn't a good day for women's wrestling. Baby Rock is the future of AEW. And Pete, you are the hardest working champion in history. LIW for life. Ain't that the truth? Damn right. Yeah, lots of short matches last night, I'll be honest. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Robert Walters, uh, Robert Waters, rather, says, really look forward to seeing SmackDown lose against 30 minutes of Rampage next week. All joking aside, please, no more SmackDown. Gosh, yeah. yeah. You mentioned it before. If this is them testing the waters for a longer SmackDown, I'm I will gonna... die. I will I will turn this review around and we will go home. <laughs> Back to Winnipeg. <laughs> we'll just start reviewing Rampage because I can't take if they do a three hour SmackDown, I'm gonna No. I'll turn to no. stone. No. I'll burst into flames. I'll turn to stone and then burst into flames. Yeah. Oh god. Mayor of Painesville, Dan. Hi, Dan. Says, hey, guys, hope you're doing well. Since you basically watched all major shows this week, please pick your favorite. Dynamite. <laughs> Which of these Dynamite. shows would you have watched, even if it wouldn't be your job? Dynamite and Rampage. Dynamite. <laughs> Much love to you guys. <laughs> dynamite. That's the answer yeah. to everything. It's the answer to life is dynamite. Yeah. I, I've got a week off next week, and I – the only shows that I will watch because I want to are Dynamite and Rampage. I watch Dynamite Weekly because I want to, not because I have to review it. Mm -hmm. Um, 69 Intangible Sadie Deegan says, Back again, just to say I thoroughly enjoyed this week's uh, reviews with you guys. Been super sick. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. So loved seeing the LIW takeover of every show's review. Almost every show. I didn't have to watch Raw. They've been the highlight of my bedridden week. Love and support you both. LIW for life. Hashtag God's favorite champion. We love you, Sadie. Always with the support. Yes, thank you very much. And everyone. I guess the last one, it's highlighted, so yeah, whatever. Abortion Reborn sent $5 just to say, say my name, bitch. Well, you thank did. you for the $5. Yeah, thanks for the $5. I hope you got your money's worth. And also very quickly, I know we've overrun massively on this show, but I just want to say, because I had I I was feeling a bit poopy yesterday because yeah, there was some not great comments and all that jazz and you know I posted about it on my Twitter. Uh, everyone's been so nice, holy Jesus! Uh, so many people have messaged me and responded and texted me and oh my God, thank you everyone. You're all really really lovely. I appreciate everyone who's actually reached out. You're all amazing. Thank you so much. Um, yeah. There there are some there are some bad eggs in the the wrestling community that are not nice to people giving their opinions on the old YouTube, but the people that are nice make up for it. We get yeah. a lot of support from the people that do matter, the ones that pop into the chat every week and send us ultra chats and let us know that that you're here to support us. It is not lost on us. We do yeah. remember your names. We do remember who you are and it's very much appreciated. So 100%. Shout out to y'all. Exactly. Y'all the good ones. Thank you very much, everyone, for watching this episode of the SmackDown and Rampage podcast. Sorry we went way too long. We really need to cut down about talking about SmackDown. Let's do that next week. Let's not talk about it so much. That would be great. Anyway. It's Progress. More, more Rampage. Rampage.
well, Tempest, we've got our we've spoken about our time off that's coming up soon, uh, which I'm sure is going to be a good time for both of us to get a bit of rest. I think both of us have been working very hard carrying this channel in the absence of uh, Ollie and Luke. Um, but um, something I'm very, personally very excited for is I'm playing D and D tomorrow, um, and I've mentioned this I think with laurie when did i do a podcast with laurie on raw so i think i mentioned mm-hmm. this on the raw podcast maybe we're playing D tomorrow and the original plan was we were going to play with a group of people the next uh, the next session we've got planned for my campaign is like this big session it's gonna be really really cool big thing that we've been building to for a while um but we figured because all of the people that play in my campaign are actually going to be going away we're all going to go to brighton together all of us are going to be there plus an extra friend who also plays D&D. I was like, why don't we do that session? It's going to be the big thing that we've been building for ages in person when we go to Brighton, because that sounds like a lot of fun. So that's what we're going to do. And my uh, my mate who used to be my housemate, who also plays D&D, he's going to make a temporary character, and he's going to join in on that session as well, which is going to be real fun. So then we said, what are we going to do for the session on, on Sunday instead? I said, we'll do an out-of-canon session. We'll just have some fun with it. And I had a really fun idea for the out of canon <laughs> session, which is basically the the because literally how the last session ended off was them getting teleported to another city, and it was like, "Hey, you, your teleport goes away, and we'll end the the session there," kind of thing. So I'm going to say the the out of canon thing will start with the teleportation spell going wrong. Oh no! And they've gone to the nine circles of hell, and now they need to fight their way out. It's doom, but D and D. I thought I, I thought, well, I was when you said that I was thinking it's that third season of Yu-Gi-Oh where nothing matters. <laughs> well, yeah, it doesn't matter. But also, uh, yeah, it's just going to be doom. They're going to be in hell, and it's going to be a load of devils and demons, and you're just going to kill them and fight your way out of hell. And we're going to listen to the doom soundtrack the whole time, and it's going to be great. You I'm know, if 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 you did it, but with a children's card game, it could also be Yu-Gi-Oh. <laughs> yep that exact You're same playing. plot it's just the same thing but Yu-Gi-Oh. Mm-hmm. yeah maybe i'll listen to the Yu-Gi-Oh soundtrack instead than oh, uh than good. the doom soundtrack it's good yeah. this is this is completely unrelated to your D mm. related uh stuff but sure. you know what i appreciate more than probably anything when it comes to like theme songs and 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 stuff of that nature mm-hmm. a really really solid bass line or bass solo because mm-hmm. there there is two that stick out to me and one is in the Yu-Gi-Oh theme okay and the other is in the end credits for jojo's bizarre adventure which i've been okay. watching a lot of lately i haven't seen jojo's so oh the end credits song of that show is like magnificent and it's just <laughs> like an amazing bass solo but yeah, that just made me think of that because Yu-Gi-Oh yeah. has a really amazing bass solo when you said I got to listen to the Yu-Gi-Oh soundtrack. Oh, I it's amazing. I, Beat drops and it just... I love it. Absolutely love it. I will have to check that out. Though I don't know if it's going to fit the tone I'm going for <laughs> with, with the Doom soundtrack being like the most metal thing that I've ever heard. You know? Mm-hmm. And all of that stuff. I've got a bunch of songs from the soundtrack all lined up and like metal covers of the Doom soundtrack as well from various people on YouTube and stuff. Just got them all lined up in like a playlist and I'm just going to put them all in the thing I've got. It's going to be really cool. Um, Tempest, I'm so excited. <laughs> I'm, so, I'm literally, for the last like 
hour that I've had my my lunch break where I didn't actually have lunch. I just was planning more of my D&D thing and setting up the maps and the creatures and stuff so that I'd have to waste time in the actual session doing it. And I've just been listening to the Doom soundtrack and just making all the map and putting making all the creatures and putting them all there. And I'm like, this is this is nice. I like this. Oh my god, I'm so excited. I genuinely can't wait. And but one of my players can't make it anymore. So now there's gonna be four people playing instead of five uh in the party. And it's kind of sad because the one that can't make it I know really, really loves um, metal music. And I was like, they, 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 they probably would have really liked that session. I don't know if they're particularly okay with Doom, but just in general, I think they would have been like, yeah, let's kill. Because they are they always play that like, very aggressive characters. They're like, barbarians, S shit up. Um, and, uh, you know, they, so I, I think they might have enjoyed that, but it's fine. I'm sure everyone else will enjoy it and they can miss out. That's what you get for going to the gym instead, calling you out, Mercedes. Way to go, Mercedes. Yeah. Stupid trying to take care of yourself and be healthy. How dare you? Um, I've got literally nothing else going on in my life currently. Um, I'm, I'm, <laughs> literally, I'm literally just waiting for my time off. Now I'm counting down the days for my time off because I want to sleep. <laughs> well, in that case, do you want to hear a story? <laughs> a I'd story love to that... hear a story, Tempest. <laughs> Because I think this happened. Uh, this happened uh, maybe Sunday night, Monday morning, perhaps mm-hmm. the next day, perhaps Tuesday morning. So I'm in. I'm very much into fantasy sports uh, mm-hmm. over here. Which I don't know how much you could possibly have that over in in British land. Um, I mean, perhaps fantasy thing with fantasy yeah. football's pretty big here. So yeah, yeah. Which is a different kind of fantasy football than I'm yeah, used to. Diff- I'm different sure. fantasy football, but yes. But uh, yes, yeah, so I, I do fantasy sports all year round, and I've got multiple different leagues and and everything like that. And I've got a number of leagues, like one for each sport, with the people that I used to work with at my old job that were all still very close and everything. And so I had made it to the finals of the fantasy baseball league this year. Mm-hmm. And it, it was going well. I had a very good start, and it looked like I was pretty certain that I was going to win this league handedly, like from the first couple days. I was playing my ex-girlfriend in the final, right? Uh-oh. And we're, we're on good terms and everything, mm-hmm. but it was not lost on me that I was playing my ex-girlfriend in the final. With the sure. final day of the entire season, the deciding day also taking place on her birthday. <laughs> oh, Tempest. Okay. Okay. This is mostly just preamble. It doesn't. It doesn't really mean anything to the actual. The actual funny bit of this story. Context but is important. We we make it through the whole week, and sure enough, I do. I do win the week, and I win the league, mm-hmm. right? Because I'm just so amazing at fantasy baseball. Of course. And. We, we chat, we're just like, haha, like, congratulations, whatever, it doesn't matter, yeah, but whatever. We have that conversation, and then either the Sunday night or the Monday night, I have a really, really vivid dream. Like, I'm talking, this felt so real, mm-hmm. and I happen to, in the dream, check the fantasy app and see that my team, like, the, somehow the week was still going on in my dream. 
and mm-hmm. in my dream I check and my my hitters went a combined one for 41 on that day. <laughs> and I looked and I was then losing the week in the dream. Uh-huh. And in the dream, I just sent a text to my ex-girlfriend that just said, I'm going to kill myself. And I immediately woke up and absolutely thought that I had sent a text to my ex-girlfriend just saying, I'm going to kill myself with zero context. Whoa. Whoa. And I okay. had to immediately rush to my phone and be like, I didn't actually send that text, did I? And that was a dream, right? Because it felt <laughs> so real. Yeah, but no. Thankfully, I did not. But I had Jesus. I texted her anyway, and I was just like, I just had the craziest goddamn dream. And I had to make sure that it was not, in fact, real before I send you into a oh panic attack in the morning. Oh, my God. That is that's intense. I'm telling you, man. I'm telling you. This was so real. This was like the most realistic dream I've ever had because nothing about it was outlandish. I would absolutely believe that my stupid fantasy team would go on for 41 (laughs) and tank my week on the last day. Uh, Would you like to hear a much less exciting story? Sure. So, as I mentioned earlier, there's leak in the roof water coming through onto the ceiling of my bedroom, massive wet patches coming across my ceiling. So I've had to be sleeping on the floor, blah, blah, blah. Um, Got people out to try and look at it and see if they can fix it. And the people came out from like the the people who own the building came out, they got access into the flat and um, they went and looked at the patch and was like, oh yeah, that's pretty bad. Yeah. Went out onto my balcony to see if they could see up and see if there was like an obvious thing that caused it. Uh, but because there's a little like a little bit of a lip and the balcony's not very deep, they couldn't see where they needed to see. Um, and they were like, it could be this one thing. It could be this other thing. I um, can't really see it right now. So uh, we're going to have to get some other people out to come take a look. And I was like, do you have a ladder? Like it, could you, could you go look, look at it? Like you, you have eyes, like you just need to get to that. But could you go? Why do you need to get other people? <laughs> why are the other people going to be different than you? Why? Could... I was very confused, Tempest, as to why they couldn't just get to the mm. place they needed to get to, considering they owned the building and then, you know, take a look at it. So now I don't know how long it's going to take for this to get sorted. Like a week, two weeks, a month. I don't know. But apparently there's no urgency. doesn't matter. That could be coming through my ceiling. If we have another heavy night of rain, could completely ca- collapse my ceiling. doesn't matter. It's fine. I guess, well, you know, we'll get some people out and we'll take a look. When? Yeah. Uh, you know, we'll get we'll get them out. That's it'll, 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 take, uh, it'll take about three or four. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Easy. Ah, damn. I, I set you up. I set you up for a quote. And it, you, you failed me. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, it's going to take three or four. I'm supposed to say three or four what? Three or four what? Maybe five. <laughs> this is what happens when, when British people don't watch the same shows that Canadians do. It's no, fine. I'm sorry. I'm not hurt I'm about not, it. I'm not Canadian. Anyway, uh, I hope you enjoy your week off, Tempest. Uh, you will not be present for the NXT podcast, but you will still be present for the SmackDown podcast. Is that right? That's the way it works. Hell yeah. So don't worry. You still got one out of two Tempests next week, everybody. Uh, So stay tuned for more content coming soon. Thank you for listening. We love you very much. Stay safe. Goodbye.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.